How do you know this? That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Truth is, <laughs> I am Iron Man. Rose? Well, we're going, we don't need Rose. When people ask you what happened here, tell them the North remembers. And here we go. Welcome to Not Another Movie Pod. I'm Zach Williamson with Luke Goosens today. And we're talking Watchmen, Season 1, Episode 1. It's someone running out of ice. That's all we're talking today. So if you haven't listened, go check out the episode. Come back to us. We're going to do a podcast at least once a week, recapping the last episode and breaking them down. Okay, so let's do let's do a recap for all the listeners, for people who aren't aware of the comics, didn't read them, maybe aren't exactly knowing what exactly is going on in the show right now. This story is set in 2019. So this is over 30 years later after the graphic novels. So the graphic novels, I think we're in 1985, right? So 34 years. Yeah. And it's a sequel to the comics, not the film. The film, although it's pretty faithful to the graphic novel, it has a pretty different ending. And the ending of that, Dr. Manhattan is framed for the attack of New York. It makes it look like it's his technology that he's been building. Whereas in the comics, it's this giant, massive, ugly squid that wipes out half of New York. And both times, Ozymandias is behind it. And I think that makes sense for why this show isn't set in New York. You know what I mean? Because New York probably hasn't recovered from that if half the city got destroyed. Oh, yeah. They got fucked yeah. up. I know. That was one of the complaints I was seeing about this show so far. It's like, dude, I mean, what are they going to do there? Wait, what was the complaint? That they weren't showing New York or what? Just that it's in Oklahoma and not back where the comics were written. Oh. And where all the heroes are. So right now, let's see what happened. There's the whole Keen Act. So there's a thing called this the Keen Act that happened in the comics. And that banned mass superheroes. Because before that, there was two major groups, right? There was the Minutemen. They were original. They were active in the 30s, 40s. Then it was reorged. And there was the, what were they called? Crime Busters. The Crime Busters, yeah. And that had Dr. Manhattan, the comedian again. He was in both groups, actually. Yeah. Had Silk Spectre 2, Night Owl 2. Who was the other repeat guy? Captain Metropolis. Captain Metropolis. Ozymandias was in there, too. And then Rorschach. Yeah. So that's the second crew. And the last, the comics basically take place in 1985 from the perspective of Rorschach, really, honestly. And there's there's chapters in between, right, that yeah. kind of give more context to what's going on in the story. It gives, like, in-depth on each character. Yeah, and that's what they're doing with the show, too. The website every week is going to drop more info about the situation. Oh, they have a website? Yeah, it's called PDpedia. PDpedia? How do you spell that? P-E-T-E-Y-pedia. It should, for any listeners who want more info too, you should Google that. There's four docs. PDpedia? PDpedia. What the fuck? Is so, that's such a random name. Is that just me? Is that random as fuck? I think it's pretty random, but I think what it is, it's I'm some sort of FBI agent who's putting these, this stuff together. Or there will oh, eventually be a PD... A- yeah, or a PD will show up in the story later. But I think it's got to be what? Like an FBI agent? Makes the most sense. Yeah. Investigating what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. So I assume this is going to be updated every week. So if you're listening, check out hbo.com slash PDpedia every week after an episode airs. That's pretty. What did we do? That's a pretty good, decent little rundown, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Can you explain, can you explain a little more context, too, about Vietnam? So Vietnam became a state back then. Became the 51st state. They even hinted at, like, they showed a flag in this episode, too, that had 51 states on it. So, for sure, it's still 51 states. 
that happened after America won the Vietnam War. We won because Dr. Manhattan existed. Yeah. Is there any more? Well, we should probably, I mentioned too, okay, so when superheroes got banned with the Keen Act, two of them got hired by the government, though. The one who's pretty much the only real superhero, Dr. Manhattan, and the comedian. They were both worked for the government. Yep. And Ozymandias kind of had some abilities, right? He was super fast. He was just basically Olympic-level athlete. Yeah, he was just an athlete, like the best athlete. He's really skilled. And really fucking smart. Yeah, he was considered the smartest man in the world. Yeah. He was the one behind the whole attack on New York. And the reason he attacked New York was if you make it look like an alien invasion was happening, his theory was that all the superpowers of the world were going to unite and go to peace because they were very close to World War III at this point. And, oh, I forgot this too, Robert Redford. So he's been president for 28 years at this point in the story. And that's because of what happened with the Vietnam War. Nixon was able to abolish that amendment that he could only run for two terms. So he ran for a third term. But then after that, he got beat by Robert Redford. And so Robert Redford's pretty much been president since. I guess that's it for like back back story. Oh, well, we can tell about just what happened to some of the heroes too. So Dr. Manhattan, he left the universe. Right now in this story, Ozymandias has been missing for seven years. Well, he was missing for seven years. And in this episode, he was declared dead. There was a little paper that said he's dead. Yeah. Didn't say why he's dead. Even in the docs that are posted later, it doesn't. There isn't a reason for why he's dead. There's just a doc that says we should not give up the search for him. Still. Oh, on, online when you check. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, Jeremy, Jeremy Irons' character is that dude's definitely Adrian V. Dude, he's way weirder than he was in the comics. I have a theory on it. What's your theory? Should I just get right into my theory already? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess you did the backstory and. If people are listening right now, then they obviously watch the episode. So just go into okay. it. Yeah. So, well, yeah, you're totally right. He's acting different, right? He was sitting naked in his room with people around him pretty much. That's very Dr. Manhattan style. You know what I mean? Oh, that's a fucking good connection. Yeah. And he seems just kind of disconnected to humans. And, you know, and I, you know, another thing I noticed when I was watching this episode is that the sandcastle. So they showed Dr. Manhattan on Mars. Apparently he's on Mars even though in the end of the comic, it makes it sound like he's going to go explore the galaxy and create life somewhere else. Yeah. So either either he's come back or I think it could be a fake projection. Yeah. What if it's a fake projection by Ozymandias? Oh, it could be. Yeah. And one other thing too that I noticed when they show him on the camera making, when he's building shit, it just seems like he's wasting his time there, but he was building a, a castle. And the castle looked just like the one that Adrian Viet was living in. Oh, dude. Also, he fucking... Remember, he's like, I wrote a play and I want you to star in it. And then he's like, and I named it The Watchmaker's Son. And, and yeah, Dr. Manhattan is a, the son of a watchmaker. Yes, dude. That's a good connection. And didn't you think that his workers were really kind of off too? Calling him master and shit. They called him master and they offered him a horseshoe <laughs> to cut the cake. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, man. So what if. And here's another little connection that I saw. This is from the trailer, though, is that Sister Knight, what's her name? Angela, her son was making a, a castle. So there's something going on with this whole castle shit. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. And I think then what if he's experimenting with cloning? Oh, that. Oh, dude, that would make a lot of sense. And that's why he doesn't get mad at him because he knows yeah. he's like, oh, OK, well, I just need to make the next clones better. Yeah. And with him saying the watchmaker's son, 
he's obviously up to something. So what if he's going to use these yeah. clones to try to make a new Dr. Manhattan? Oh, yeah. And just do like radioactive tests or experiments on him till he gets to Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Or he's figured it out because this is 30 something years later. True. That's a lot of time to fiddle fuck around. Also, dude, I'm surprised the Russians didn't just in the story. They didn't just throw a bunch of dudes into a radioactive chamber or something and try to make a Dr. Manhattan, you know? Yeah, no, dude, you're onto something with that too, though, because people would be trying to make the next Dr. Manhattan, right? Especially the Russians, dude. They don't give a fuck. They just throw dudes into, you know, like they'd be trying. Yes, even it even seems like America would be trying after he leaves because think about how big of an influence he was. He was... Yeah. Superman. Yeah, dude, he was our nuclear weapon. Yeah. going Attacking America would have been dumb just because we had that guy. Yeah. So I think you're right. I think that someone's trying to figure it out. And maybe what if Adrian Viet has already figured it out? What if he is already that person? And that's why he's sitting there naked. He has those same mannerisms, but he's figured out how to project himself to look like a person. Because he'd be, he'd be, that guy looked pretty limber too for pushing 80, 90 at this point, right? How old was, well, dude, I don't really know his age when he was in the Minutemen. Well, they were, that was active in the 50s and 60s, right? Or was it later? No, dude, the Minutemen was like the 40s during the war. And I think they disbanded in 47 or 48. Or no, they got, went into the 50s, but when they were really active was in the 40s, like during the war, because they were fighting World War II and the Minutemen were fucking around at home. Yeah. That, I got that mixed up anyway. He was in the Crime Busters. He wasn't even in the Minutemen. Oh, he wasn't? Oh, yeah, he wasn't. Fuck. Yeah, but he was born in 1939. So oh, you just this guy's 80 up. years old. Yeah. Yeah, I just looked it up. He's 80 years old right now. He looks pretty limber. and Yeah, that's pretty fucking... Yeah, so I mean, that's kind of... I think that's all I have on that theory, that right there. I do have another theory on him, though, too. So just because we're talking the 7th Cavalry, let's talk a little bit about them. So they're... Oh, you know what we forgot to even say in our rundown was what Rorschach did at the end of the at the end of the comic. Oh, he, oh yeah. His that's a huge that's a that huge was, point. That's like the biggest one. Fuck. Yeah. So for the listeners who don't know this, Rorschach was a crime buster. And after so what happened essentially was everyone figured out among the crime busters who was behind this. They all figured out that it was Ozymandias. So then he was in Antarctica. And he had this base in Antarctica, which is where he be- built this not sea creature. Well, yeah, squid thing. It's a squid, yeah. How he even did that originally was he hired a bunch of actors and scientists and crew members and told me he was making a movie in Antarctica, made them make this shit. Then he killed all of them to hide his tracks. But everyone else figures it out. Night Owl and Rorschach figure it out first. Go there. They can't stop it from happening. So it's already happened. The attack. Dr. Manhattan figures out what's happening after the attack. And the thing is they all get there and pretty much all accept that this it's already happened. And that's kind of the best thing to do. If you turn them in, it's not going to stop everyone from fighting mm-hmm. except for Rorschach. Rorschach has this code and he pretty much said that he had to do this. He had to turn it in. But before he went there, even he sent in his journal saying that Adrian Viet was behind it, Ozymandias. And so we're at this point in the story now in the show where this group, this radical group, it seems, called the 7th Cavalry, they have sort of united under Rorschach's journal, which was published by, what kind of what kind of newspaper was it, Luke? Tabloid. Yeah, it's like a right-wing tabloid or... The Frontiersman, right? Yeah, it was the Frontiersman. But they, no one really took it as a real thing that happened, is what I'm trying to say. They all took it as... They're like the Fox News. Of, maybe not even that. They're like the 
Alex Jones. I like that comparison. They're like the Alex Jones. I like the Fox News one too. That's funny, but but a lot of people take that to be like, oh yeah, real, you know? yeah, yeah. So I guess it's more like Alex Jones. And on top of everything, everyone just looked at this guy Rorschach, who was crazy for one dude who dressed up in, as a hero. Yeah, definitely was off in the head just based off his journals because he had all of his journals written down. The whole pretty much Watchmen comic graphic novel is what he turns in from his perspective. I mean, he he walked around New York City with like a the end is nigh or something. <laughs> yeah, he did. He's you know, crazy. He's, he's crazy. Yeah. And so people would just read that and think it's stupid anyway. Most people. But there is a, a group that didn't. And that's who this group is. And I honestly think that Ozymandias might even be behind them because their goal is to get Ozymandias to get Adrian V to be punished for what he did to the world because they think that. Mm. But what if he's turning that against people because he knows that no one's going to believe that people anyway and just going to divide people more and keep the attention off of him? Oh, yeah, that'd be smart. That'd be really smart. It'd be like <laughs> next level stuff. Well, that there's that. I think that maybe someone else is causing this rift. And on top of everything, too, that the reason they're probably now getting active again is because... Ozymandias has been declared dead. And that's who they're targeting. This uh, could have been some sort of catalyst. So that's my theory on them. Why do you think they call him the 7th Cavalry? In the show or in why they named him that? In the show. I know they spell it with a K to make it not look like the 7th Cavalry in real life. Oh. I think probably, dude, just to kind of 7th Cavalry with a K, it's supposed to kind of be this, you know, KKK group sort of. That's the aspect they want you to think watching the show. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have a theory on all that, though, too, that dynamic. Yeah, Yeah, I want to hear your theory. So, well, this, okay, this whole world with the police and all that is really interesting, too. Like how they, you have to get approved to take out your gun. That's just fucked up. Isn't that crazy? I remember when I first read that a month or two back, I thought, huh, that's an interesting idea. But then I didn't even think about those situations that someone doesn't let you get a gun quick enough Mm -hmm. as a cop, you know? Like, that guy had to ask three times before he finally got it, and he was already toast by then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and just some of the the stuff's kind of reversed in this episode. Like, it's a black man who's a cop walking up, and the very end of the episode, a white man's hung. Oh, fuck, dude. Yeah, good. And this seems like this world, because of this new, the Red Fredations, there's a really thriving black middle class. You know what I mean? Mm. And for the people, actually, we forgot to explain the Red Fredations too. So at one point in the episode, a kid even comments on it, Red Fredations. And that's the Victims of Racial Violence Act, which was a lifetime tax exemption to the victims or descendants of American racial injustice that started with the Tulsa race riot, which was shown at the beginning of that episode. They get taxed from the, they get, you know, help from the government. And you asked me off air, before we started, just why does she have white kids or why does she have, yeah, why does she have three kids? It's because of the event called the White Knight, which in the episode they said that's when pretty much the Seventh Cavalry and all these other radical groups started killing cops. And that's why they wear masks and they adopted kids of other cops. What scene did they say that, that not about the White Knight stuff, but about the kid, the kids? I can't remember. Because I totally missed that. Was it when she was in the class or was it, it wasn't when they were at dinner. It had to be after. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't remember because I didn't rewatch the episode super closely. Remember right after that, she goes to her house and then gets the page and leaves. 
Was that on the website? No, it doesn't talk about Angela on the website at all. Angela, sorry, that's Sister Knight. They don't even say her name, Sister Knight, do they? Yeah. Remember when they're all in the the meeting with all the cops saying that they're about to allow guns for 24 hours? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry, we got off topic there. Um, but we can, let's talk about the cops. I mean, more just on that, you know, you have to be allowed to get a gun to shoot someone if you need to protect yourself. That's crazy. And then they're allowed to do these nights where they just allow guns and it seems like anything goes. They just, she just broke into someone's house and grabbed the guy and just said, he's a terrorist. She just would, didn't even seem like a warrant, didn't seem like really any, any evidence. They just trusted her. Yeah, but I feel like the rules are probably different for her. Well, I'm just saying that's a crazy rule, right? To have as a yeah. as a world, they don't have that here, really. No, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so and that's what I was gonna say is I don't think this whole stuff with the cops versus the Seventh Cavalry. I don't think it's black and white. I think that there's both sides have something wrong with them, and maybe something that they're right about. Like the Seventh Cavalry believes that Ozymandias was behind the attack on New York. We haven't seen really any. Well, they shot the cop, but we haven't seen anything else to know what other bad things they've done yet, right? Even in the DACA doesn't really explain. It just says they're radical groups that believe all these events in the journal happened. Well, the White Knight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, my God. I forgot about the White Knight. <laughs> Take that back. Yeah, they had this. Dude. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's interesting, though, that in the comics, the cops hated mass vigilantes, and then now they are the mass vigilantes. Yeah, that's an interesting dynamic that's happened over 40 years. And the most of the cops are undercover. No one can know their identity or anything, except for the chief. I have a theory on him, too, though. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at the very end of the episode, it shows his badge and a little blood drips on it. Obviously, that's, you know, it's a reference to the Watchmen logo in the beginning of the graphic novel where the comedian dies. And there's yeah. blood on it. And both times you think, when you first start reading it, you don't think the comedian's this terrible person, right? Like, he's a bad person. And I do think he is. As you're going on in the story, I mean. I don't know. Kind of as I was going on in the story, I warmed up to him because I was like, oh, I see what his motives are. But I mean, didn't he? He dies right at the beginning. That's what kicks off Rorschach's investigation. The comedian? Yeah. Okay. All I'm saying is that they killed. But as the story goes on and each character, you know how it'll, it goes to Dr. Manhattan. It's a scene with a scene of Dr. Manhattan's past. And you get to go through that and like the queens in it. And then it goes to Rorschach and then it's a flashback to his past and the comedians in it. You know, like just from flashbacks of other characters, you get to see the way the comedian was like. That's what I meant. Yeah. So I'm saying that he's not, he's kind of a gray character. Yeah. Because he's done a lot of bad shit. Definitely. He would kill innocent people. Ambiguous. And that's what I think is going to happen with this detect with the sheriff, because there was definitely a hint. When he looks down at that picture of his grandpa or his dad or something, there has to been something that went on. And I think it's probably that guy that ties back to the Tulsa race massacre at the beginning. Uh-huh. Well, we know that she's morally ambiguous. He's doing coke during a family dinner. <laughs> Who the fuck does that? Yeah, dude, that's a good point. So we're probably going to see, right? We're going to go through the story and probably see his events. But it's similar because a main character in both stories has died right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's obviously morally ambiguous. He just overrides the 24-hour gun ban lift. It seems like for a good reason, though. I guess, dude, but... And sent him that video, remember? If it was a law, then fuck, dude, that's kind of a big dick move. Yeah, it doesn't seem like something they execute 
all the time, right? Yeah. If ever, maybe. Yeah. I, I just, I like the dynamic so far in the show, honestly. It's different than the graphic novel, but it feels like it has some of those elements. Yeah, definitely. And it's just its own story in this universe. Mm-hmm. And why do you think the old man killed the sheriff or if he did it? I mean, he even foreshadowed at the beginning where there's some part where he says he asked Angela if she thinks that he can lift 200 pounds. So that's definitely a hint for what he was going to do later if he did it. Yeah, dude, I don't fucking know. What did that sign say that he was holding? It said, take care of this boy, which was the sign the kid at the beginning of the story had. And he had the same mole. And the guy's 105 years old. He said that in the episode. Tulsa Race Massacre was 1921. So it's probably the kid. He's 105 years old? Yeah. You want to know something else, too? I have a theory on him. The way he was dressed. He was dressed like one of those fucking... So he kind of dresses like Hooded Justice, dude. He kind of looks like that style. What if he's Hooded Justice? And I I think... Because remember how they introduced his character? He's watching this old movie that has that black bounty hunter, who is a real person in real life, too. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. What if he sees that and he becomes Hooded Justice, which is ironic, too, because Hooded Justice was the first masked superhero. And we never figure out who Hooded Justice is in the graphic novel. I guess that means it's not Rolf Mueller. Yeah, yeah, it's not Rolf Mueller. How do you say his name? Rolf. I guess yeah, you should. R-O-L-F. You should explain. You should explain for the listeners who that man is or why that's important. So when Hooded Justice retired, when the Minutemen were disbanding, there was an article in the in a paper that Hollis Mason. This is all in Under the Hood. Hollis Mason, the first night owl, that's his autobiography. So Hollis Mason saw this article in the paper about a a circus strongman named Rolf Mueller who went missing around the exact same time that Hooded Justice retired and was never seen from again. One thing on that too, didn't he retire because he was scared? I I don't think it says his motives. I don't think he was scared. He just... Trying to get out of the life or something. Well, because everyone was leaving... And it was all the fucking uproar and stuff. Yeah, true. Everyone was, there was backfire. So I think he just wanted to get out of it. I feel like it's kind of ambiguous. They leave it a little ambiguous. They do, yeah. They don't really, yeah, because you don't know if he died. Yeah. And the comedian didn't like him. So there's theories out there. I don't know. Do we know that though? He beat the, because he stopped the comedian. It was one encounter. That was, dude, that guy holds grudges. It's the comedian. I don't know, dude. Didn't he tell him he was going to kill him? No, he didn't. He, I don't think he told me he was going to kill him. He said, what did he say? He said he'd get payback or something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> did he ever get payback? Yeah. I guess maybe that's why he's going to kill him. What's payback for that fool? That guy's crazy. Kills innocent people. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he's dead, but I, he could still be alive. And he could have. They never really. I think in the comics, they kind of depict him as white, but no one really knows for sure. Kind of. They depict him as white, dude. <laughs> but they don't ever show him. He's from West East Germany, the Rolf Mueller dude. Yeah, but if they're if that's him. But yeah, that's pretty much the backstory on the connection between Rolf Mueller and Hooded Justice. Why does Rolf Mueller go missing? Why did he disappear? So Mueller, his family is from East Germany, and he went on the run because he was afraid of communist uh, witch hunts, of the communist witch hunts. And then he wound up dead on some Boston or is on some Boston beach or something like that. So he's dead. Rolf Mueller's dead as fuck. <laughs> yeah. But they, that's why, and they have never seen hooded justice since. So they think it could have been him. Yeah. Okay. So that's the theory on him. 
and and they obviously have the exact same builds. Some of the other characters, though, too, they so on that document I was talking about, the PDPedia, they talk mm-hmm. about what happens to Night Owl and Silk Spectre. So they were both arre- arrested 10 years after all that stuff went down for violating vigilante laws. So they must have done it again. Oh, no shit. Yeah. And it's still in the docket suggested that Night Owl is still in federal custody to this day. To this day. To this, and yeah, and there was theories. I assume people probably have theories that maybe... What's his name? Don Johnson? Is that the actor? I need to look. I need to figure this guy's name out. Of the police chief? His name's Jude Crawford. I know there's theories out there that that he is Night Owl, but I don't think it is. And there was, because, you know, he flew the Night Owl ship. He had a book. He had under the hood in his office, too. There was the cup that Angela was drinking at one point, had a clock on it. Not a clock, sorry. It had an owl on it. So there's all these little hints, but I don't think it's him. I figured that he was just because he's the chief of police and he has these hooded vigilante policemen working for him. I, he was just a hero sympathizer. Yeah. He liked heroes and he probably thought that they did good. If they took Night Owl into custody, then they just took all his shit and then they could duplicate his. Fuck, what's the name of his ship, dude? It starts with an A, I think. Archie. Archie for Archimedes. Yeah, Archimedes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So his ship Archie. But yeah, you're totally right. Or he sold his technology off. But you're probably right, dude. If he got if he's still in custody, they just took his technology and said, We're using this shit. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's a good idea. I didn't even think about that. I like that. That's probably what it is. Yeah. But what's your theory? On which part? Oh, I thought you said you had a theory about Duke. Or wait, what's his name? Fuck. I don't think I said any theory. I was just saying where all some of the other characters Oh, I thought are. you had a theory like on him. No, okay. no, no. I mean, I think I, as far as we know, I think he's probably still locked up. So I don't even know if Night Owl will pop up or maybe there'll be a Night Owl yeah. 1 and Night Owl 3. I mean, he's going to be old as hell at this point too. Yeah, so when we saw the Night Owl ship in in the trailers, that was just a police ship, I think. Yeah, definitely. All the trailer footage was pretty much entirely episode one. Yeah, well, there was a lot of funeral stuff. So that's, that's going to be... The chief's funeral, I assume. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of it was the first two episodes, probably. I mean, they don't want to show too much. It's only nine episodes. Dame, Damon Lindelof, he only wants to do one season, he says, and just tells one story. So I don't think they want to spoil too much. Yeah. And also in that thing, it said that Silk Spectre, so she got, she got locked up with Night Owl, but she, in return, decided to start working for the FBI, and she took a new name. Her name now is Lori Blake which is after her father, Eddie Blake, who we probably should explain that too. Eddie Blake is the comedian. And her vigilante name after that, when she changed her name, became the comedian. Yeah, so... But she's going to pop up in the show for sure. They showed her in the trailer too. She's So she'll pop up. Anything else? Fuck. Do you have any more theories? I thought you had like a fat fucking, like a big-ass theory. My fat theory is that Ozymandias is still all behind it and he's making a new Dr. Manhattan. That's a good fucking theory. <laughs> I think that's that's my theory. There's so much foreshadowing for it. Yeah, and they show the... Well, they show something in the trailer. Like we know there's going to be some sort of Dr. Manhattan if it's not him. But remember, they show that Dr. Manhattan festival and they have him reaching down with a blue hand in the trailer to pick up a mask. Oh, yeah. So he's going to pop up at some point or someone's going to... Someone pretending to be him. Oh, yeah. Overall, though, what do you think about the episode? I had one more thing on Angela, too. it was fucking good, dude. Yeah, I liked it, too. I really liked it. The one thing for me that I wasn't a big fan of was probably just the music. It felt kind of techno-y. thought they could have done darker, even. 
Yeah. I, I did like how they had the ticking sound in the background. Oh, yeah. It made me feel on edge. Time's running out, you know? Like, what scene stuck out to you? The very last one where the police chief's hanging. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a crazy ending to a pilot. Like, a guy that you're setting up to be your, one of your main characters just dies right off the bat. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was just a lot of cool references, I thought, to the universe. Some of the, the camera angles looked like ways that they drew, they, you know, drew in the comic book. And I thought there was enough references that it feels like the same universe. I was reading a review today that said it didn't feel anything like it. And I was just, it seems kind of realistic with what happened. Like, that's why there wouldn't be cell phones and the internet in this universe because of just what happened. Everyone was so scared after the 1985 thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I didn't think it was that big a deal. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I had to use a pager. I forgot, I was going to say one thing about Angela and like her introduction I picked up. So, you know, they do the egg smiley face. That's a reference to the logo for sure. But it was more like what she was talking about. She said how the white, you know, the white and the yolk are like separated, but how easy it is to break down these barriers for these eggs. You know, that's like a thematic exposition. What the fuck? (laughs) Sorry, yeah. And by that, I mean just... You know, she's both an insider and an outsider in this world because she's an American born in Vietnam before it actually became a state. And just this whole stuff that she's doing with blurring the lines, being this detective with what she's able to do, you know, like that you would never be allowed to do as a, as a cop in our world. And I just I don't I think it's interesting. It's going to set up a really good. I think she's a strong lead lead character, too. Yeah, I think she plays it well. I'm excited for episode two. Yeah, me too, man. And honestly, the actor for... The looking glass guy? For the police chief, what's his fucking name? Don Johnson. It's Chief Jude. Jude. Yeah, Chief Jude. He was pretty good. Because by the end of the episode, when you know you saw the light on him, you're like, fuck. Damn it. I was like, damn, he's dead. They really sold it that he's kind of... He seemed a, like a badass. Yeah, I like this guy. And he's more of a good guy. That's what they were trying to sell it as, it seems. Mm-hmm. I know. That's That's what I was saying when they killed him. It kind of gave me... Ned Stark vibes when you kill off just a main character super early. Yeah, it's total Game of Thrones shit. Yeah. I honestly thought they were going to get killed when they when they crash landed the Archimedes. And oh, then yeah. they got out and they were standing there laughing. I thought a bullet was going to come by and tag one of them in the throat or something. That scene was intense, too. That really got the episode going for me. I was, I was really into all the world developing. And then that scene happened and I was saying, oh, shit, man, this is a this is a pilot. Yeah. I like the scene too with the interrogation and all that. That was super trippy. They just kept showing the same stuff. Oh, that's another thing I loved is that dude's mask. Yeah. His name's Looking, Looking Glass. Glass. Even his mask seems it's Rorschach-y. obviously Rorschachy vibes. And he said, you know, put on your face. That's similar to Rorschach. Like he really oh, yeah. considered himself that was him. That's a direct, direct reference. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm interested in a lot of these characters. I think that guy's going to be probably another morally gray character going forward, too. Yeah, especially because he's kind of fucking ugly. <laughs> and just like a little weasel, you know, like Rorschach. Yeah, for real. I, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Maybe he'll become a bigger player, bigger character in all this now. Oh, I think so. I, it feels like they're going to bounce. Like what you were saying, there's someone who's driving the story, which was Rorschach in the graphic novel, but there was bunch of main characters and we saw all their story. I think it's going to be a similar vibe to that. It definitely seems like he's trying to keep it very narratively to the comics. Mm-hmm. The one other thing too that I kind of thought was a pretty giveaway that it's Ozymandias was there was a Roman helmet in the background of his room at one point and he had that in his old life. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Fuck, that's a good one, dude. I forgot about that. I know. I did my homework. Stop talking shit, dude. Fuck you. The one thing I forgot to say about Rorschach, too, is that he wasn't a racist. He was never really shown to be a racist. So, But he was misogynist. He was homophobic. He ran about liberals. He walked around with the sign, like you were saying. So I think it's believable that a group right now in this day and age could take some of the things that he said and did and twist it to be a symbol of what they are. You know what I mean? I think that happens all the time in the real world. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, stuff can just get turned into symbols and it never meant to be that. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, you know what we fucked up? We didn't do any fan questions. Oh, shit, dude, hold on. We got a lot of shit. <laughs> oh, here's a good one. Here's something that we didn't talk about. So we got some fan questions that we got this week that we haven't, for some of the stuff we didn't talk about. So the first one, why did it rain squids? At Twister Julith sent that one in. And that is because, I think it's because... So there was that squid attack and to keep the world sort of believing that this could still happen again, Ozymandias must have had aftershock set up too. You know what I mean? This is some mm-hmm. sort of effect that's still happening 40 years later. Or some, someone in the government figured it out and they thought this is the best way to keep everyone safe. But it's just, yeah, aftershocks from the attack on New York that wiped out half of New York. I was thinking maybe just because it was a radioactive monster that it could have fucked with the atmosphere in some way. Yeah, so there's... That, oh, that's a good theory, too. That made it so, you know, these events happen now. But yeah, so they're likely some sort of aftershock of what that event in yeah. some way, whether it's placed or whether it's just natural now. Okay, what else we got? Another question. This is also from Twister Julith. Why are they taking batteries from watches? Well, they explained it, right? They say it was going to be a bomb. Well, they were like highly cancer causing. So I think it was, they were going to explode it and then pretty much poison people. Yeah, because for the listeners who didn't read the comic or if you need a reminder, everyone back then thought that Dr. Manhattan was causing cancer all over. So maybe they're trying to cause a panic again, right? That's a good, that's a theory. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good theory. We don't have the exact answer on that, but we're going to find out for sure. Let's see. One thing we did forget to talk about was just that why there isn't any gas cars now. Everything's electric and it has to do with the Dr. Manhattan technology that they figured out back then. That's why it seems really advanced in some aspects because of Dr. Manhattan. And then other aspects, it doesn't seem that advanced. Yeah, even in the in the comics, they had electric cars because Dr. Manhattan came and brought with him a bunch of technology. Mm hmm. Okay, so what one were you saying? I think we talked about, the OVO Sim asked, why was the significance of the little boy at the beginning now an old man? I think that they showed that even the cold, the cold cut at the beginning, the cold take or whatever, to sort of set why people are wearing masks, why this world is now. And I think it's interesting too, because that was a real event, whereas most of this story is, is not real. You know what I mean? But that's a real event that happened. And the kids, he's that character is probably going to have some importance. I bet even the daughter, the little girl he was carrying, I assume that she's probably going to have some importance to it, it seems like, that they haven't revealed yet. And he's this old man now, probably, and he probably has something to do. He probably knows either something that the Chiefs was up to or he knows something else that happened. Like he has some, I don't know. He knows something, though. We're going to learn. It's going to be one of those things that we look back after the whole series is done and we see in the pilot and you're saying, oh, shit, that was right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's just laying the groundwork this episode. At C. Cummings, 
to why is Robert Redford such a polarizing topic? And it's because he's launched these things called the Redford Nations, which protected a lot of people. And, you know, there's racist people out there. So it's going to cause a, a divide. And he's been president for so long. I'm sure people are like, we need to get this guy out of here. He's been, he's been president for 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Runs the nation. So... I think that's, damn, I don't see any more fan questions. We're good now, then. All right, so we're good. We're wrapping this up. Yeah, I think we're good. Okay. Just dropped a couple episodes. If It's going to be our third one in like five days, too. Dude, we've been busting them out. Fuck yeah. me up. Got our El Camino pod. If you missed that, if you haven't seen El Camino, it's on Netflix. We talked the Breaking Bad movie. We just did a pod that was talking Star Wars trailer, breaking that down. Jared Leto losing his mind. Check out our episodes if you haven't already. Three reviews in a day? 24, 10, 24. It was yesterday. Yeah, three. So we got three reviews this week. All right. Shout outs this week. Uh, shout out to M. Susie 111. Shout out to DJ Hall 42. And shout out to Kubio uh, 12. Thanks, guys. Thanks for leaving a review. Yeah. So we're going to drop this pod. We're recording Friday night right now gonna drop it saturday before the episode airs and we're gonna do for sure an episode two review much earlier in the week next week so we'll be more on topic yeah. and we'll be back with ross yeah our little buddy comes back yes sir shout out julian gallegos yes j-pop music <laughs> follow us on twitter at not a movie pod at culture crave that's sort of our news one and then the at not a movie pods more of just the podcast related stuff let's see what else follow us on subscribe to our youtube that's under culture crave drop us a review on itunes google play wherever you can or rating even just a rating that's all yeah or just rate us please yeah just a rating i think that's it man yeah think we're right. good bud we're good bud <laughs> we're good all right we out peace <laughs>